This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Raw Reaction Show. Joining you at 8.20 this morning, um, not 8am today, uh, reasons being is I was watching the F1. And if anyone's got a problem with that, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, I've been getting a lot of stick in our live chat box this morning for those that are listening or watching on Catch Up because I delayed the start of the uh, the show by 20 minutes, which is, if anything, rather apt for someone who likes F1 to delay the start of things. Um, but good morning to everybody that's waited ever so patiently. Um, if you ever need to understand why I like F1, I recommend you go and watch Drive to Survive on Netflix. It will give you all of the... Reasoning, drama, uh, packaged up into a nice eight-episode series um, across a fair few years now. But I recommend you go and watch that, um, and then you'll understand why I like the Brum Brums so much, as Shane's put in the chat box. Um, good morning to everybody. Of course, we're here talking about yesterday's Arsenal victory over Leeds United, in which Arsenal came away with a 4-1 win to restore their eight-point lead at the top of the Premier League table. We're going to go into all of that and more, of course. Uh, but first, let's welcome and say good morning to those joining us live in the chat box. I'm going to have to go on to YouTube for this because there's no way that StreamYard's kept up with those who managed to join us first. I mean, maybe even not YouTube because I've managed to delay this one for so long, but I'll see who I can see in our chat box. Uh, first of all, gonna do thank you so much for becoming a brand new member. Uh, StreamYard's actually got rid of your welcome package thing that's that's it's been that long, but thank you, Francois. Good morning to you, to Scrubber Steve, to Peeny Ween. Um, good morning to Steve Stone, to Temi, to Matt G, of course, as well. Uh, good morning to uh, Lars. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> you can see the start of the stuff. I was getting so much stick in the chat box this morning. But, uh, you know, sometimes I think after 600 or so of these morning shows, I'm allowed to take a 20-minute delay to finish watching some F1, which won't happen again because uh, the Australian Grand Prix is where it's held and it's done at like 6 a.m. in the morning. So I was getting up even earlier than I usually do to be able to watch it. Um, okay, let's jump into the uh, into our slides then for yesterday's game. As I say, Arsenal restoring their lead at the top of the Premier League table. 4-1 victory uh, against Leeds United. Very much uh, a dominant display. It wasn't like an, ex- an enthralling, exciting first half by any means. Uh I think it was uh, it was one of those that felt a little bit uh, slow and jittery and, you know, very much like a team coming back after an international break is how it felt uh, in those opening moments, to be honest. And it certainly uh, was one where we felt we were going to have to grind out a bit of result at the beginning. But as soon as that... As soon as the floodgates opened with that penalty, and we'll talk about that penalty shortly, uh, Arsenal were able to obviously respond to Manchester City's win against Liverpool, which we might discuss in the question section of part two. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, though, scoring that penalty and then scoring again in the second half, getting two goals, his first goal for as many as six months. Uh, we've not seen Gabriel Jesus netting. Uh, taking that penalty with Bakaya Saka on the bench wasn't feeling too well, I heard. Uh, this before uh, a few, a little bit before the lineups were announced, and uh, every, everyone was questioning: Would Jesus be on the right? Would Trossard go through the middle? But Trossard was on the right. It didn't. I don't think it necessarily worked amazingly well with Trossard on the right, but he is obviously moving into a position that he's not played all that much. But Jesus uh, getting his penalty and then actually being assisted by Trossard, who we'll talk a little bit more about shortly, uh, from the right to the centre, with Jesus then stabbing past. Ila Meslier, uh, the uh, the Leeds goalkeeper. But very, very much important to see him score. As Walking Man in the chat says, confidence indeed is what we will see uh, with him getting on the score sheet. So Jesus is very much indeed back as we go to Liverpool next week. Benny White, White, White. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you to everybody that always uh, finds time to tweet me whenever now Benny White gets on the uh, the score sheet. Benny White being, of course, his official name. And you can't now say his name without using the full terminology of Benny White. Uh, it's not just White. It's not just Benjamin. It's now Benny White. And that's how you will refer to him from now on. Um, <laughs> what a cross uh, from Martinelli, first of all, to cut back inside, find the back post. Um, but Benny White getting on the end of things, uh, nearly, Everson nearly missed it, uh, managed to get his shot on target. Well, I suppose you don't count uh, a shot that hits uh, the woodwork and goes in on target, but hitting the bar and going in uh, was fantastic to see uh, him get on the score sheet again after, obviously, that goal against Bournemouth. This is the first time he's managed to score more than one goal in a senior campaign for the first time ever. Um and uh, it's great to see that this right back prediction um, and uh, see that come forward. Machiavelli says, Tom, you missed the Ben White prediction. I, I certainly didn't. I, I definitely in the preview show that said that we get a Rob White, uh, Rob White, <laughs> a Rob Holding screamer, um, which didn't happen, unfortunately. But I did still say that Ben White would score. So, uh, yes, I definitely got that aspect right in this. So there you go. Um, let's move forward again. Uh, Granite Xhaka, three and three for Granite Xhaka now. Doing fantastically well. Uh, continuing to get his scoring. Um, spoke to him after the game and he, he wasn't that enthralled. He wasn't that excited to speak to the media uh, after games. Uh, he was quite... Um, 
very focused, very much talking about um, what's to come from Arsenal this season. You'll be able to see plenty of those quotes come out uh, a little bit later on this uh, tonight. You'll get those. Um, but uh, yeah, very much impressed with what we've seen from Granite Xhaka. Very impressed to see uh, what we uh, have got in that centre midfield position now. And what he's doing going forwards continually is adding threat. Uh, and once again, uh, getting in the right place. What a cross from Martin Odegaard, by the way. Time to perfection, delivered to perfection. And Odegaard's not got that many assists this season compared to what we've seen in previous years. In fact, Trossard's been able to easily overtake Odegaard's uh, assist tally of... Uh, well, actually, has he? He's got eight assists, I suppose. Maybe that's gone under the radar that he's got more than I thought. Trossard this season has got uh, eight, but I think that includes one for Brighton earlier this season. So they're now... Um, I think they're now on 10, something like 10 assists Trossard's on. I think it is. I'm just checking this now. It is 10. So he managed to get uh, how many assists now for Arsenal? He got one, two, three for Brighton. Now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven for Arsenal. So seven for Arsenal. Odegaard's got one more, but Trossard with 10 assists across the whole season, which is brilliant. Speaking of which, uh, seven assists for Arsenal. Uh, if you haven't seen um, James Benj asking Arteta the question about uh, if in his wildest dreams could uh, Leandro Trossard be as good as what we've seen, if you've not gone and watched that. I told you, I walked back into the press lounge um, after being around the mix zone and uh, I walked into a press lounge that included a a very, very smiley James Benj, who I spoke to afterwards to find out what was making him so happy. And it was because uh, he'd made Mikel Arteta uh, come up with a very good line in the press conference, which we all heard. And uh, it was funny to see the response from Arteta and see him happy. I like it when he's that engaged and joking around with the media. It's a nice change from some of the more serious conversations that we've had with Arteta uh, in his time in those press conferences. So, yeah, very, uh, very, very happy indeed. Um, then go on to Rob Holding. I want to give a shout out specifically to Rob Holding again. I thought he looked solid, defended well. The goal from their perspective, certainly I don't think was his fault. I look very much more at Zinchenko. Uh, should not be turning his back uh, at that shot from Christensen. He needs to stay forwards. That turning of his back actually led to the deflection which beat Ramsdale, unfortunately. And for anyone blaming Ramsdale for that, I'm sorry, but the deflection happening within, you know, the smallest of seconds. The smallest of seconds uh, before it then cannon into the back of the net made Ramsdale have to try and readjust very quickly and wasn't able to do it in time. But I thought Rob Holding was solid throughout the game. Uh, some really good distribution, actually. Saw some really good long passes from him. And we will continue to bring an extra focus to Rob Holding in these games because he's going to have the spotlight on him. He's going to have to be uh, on it. He's got to be focused and ready because we're going to Anfield next and he's going to start. Because Saliba, I don't think, is going to be fit for that game. I'd be very surprised if indeed he was. I did see, uh, did see Saliba after the game walking through the mix zone, just like he'd walked through the mix zone two weeks ago, uh, which told us very little as to regard to a back injury. So uh, it's very difficult to kind of gauge how injured uh, Saliba is or when we might see him back. But he walked comfortably. Uh, well, I assume comfortably. I'm not in the guy's shoes, but uh, he looked fairly comfortable walking through the mix zone. Um, but yeah, there's no there's no telling uh, if, if that will have any impact on when we might, we might see William Saliba return. Um Yes, and uh, as I mentioned, Mikel Arteta having very wild dreams uh, about how good things are with Arsenal at the moment. It was really good to see uh, some of the changes made. The only criticism I have of Arteta 
which I wrote about in my winners and losers piece, is I would have liked to have maybe seen Smith Rowe introduced a little bit earlier. I would have liked to see maybe Fabio Vieira and Tini introduced a little bit earlier in games. I think the Leeds goal obviously played a big part in the fact those substitutions were delayed. Um, and that's a frustration because I would, you know, giving Smith Rowe more minutes would have been would have been great. But but yeah, uh we'll see uh if that indeed is what we see for the rest of the season with late substitutions being made, with only playing one game a week by the Man City game in midweek in a couple of weeks' time. Um, or three weeks time, but uh, yes, it's still it's still very good to see the players as fit as they are, and us deal with the absence of Bakaya Saka. Bakaya Saka missing his first game from the start since I mean it wasn't Brentford at the start, but it was the twenty one twenty two season. Um, perhaps the three two Manchester United game, I think it was maybe that he didn't start in the twenty one twenty two season, but uh, yeah, he hopefully will uh, be back to his best and fit and firing for the Liverpool game. He was feeling slightly under the weather. Um, so let's see what happens. Okay. Okay, let's move to part two then and your questions right after this. Of course, you can still get hold of our TGT non-profit merch, which is going to help Cancer Macmillan support and the Arsenal Foundation and the local company that helps to embroider our merchandise as well. Uh, the gold cap available. So good to see so many of you getting hold of them. I received a message from one of our loyal listeners, Craig, yesterday to tell me that he'd bought all three at once. And he plans on bringing all three to Chicago when we travel out there uh, in, a, in about two weeks' time or so. Uh, it is two weeks. Wow. Two weeks and one day until I travel out uh, to Chicago and uh, for our live podcast. Very much looking forward to that. I also want to give a massive, massive shout out, considering talking about the Arsenal Foundation, to Elliot and the guys at the Arsenal Vision podcast. Um, Elliot, as he has revealed, travelled out to Jordan to have a look at the amazing work that goes on by uh, the Arsenal Foundation and Save the Children to help families out in Jordan. Um, if you can... Go and help support the Arsenal Foundation fundraiser that is being spearheaded, of course, by uh, the Arsenal Vision podcast. Uh, all of our proceeds from our merchandise will, of course, be going. Uh, 50% of those uh, proceeds will be going at the profit to uh, the Arsenal Foundation as well. So if you've got the hats uh, and you want to still donate and help out more, go to the Arsenal Visions Foundation. I'll make sure to retweet the link onto our Twitter feed uh, over at Laguna Talk TV. So make sure you go and watch the video that Elliot's put up and you continue to listen to their podcast and find out more information about how you can get involved with the fundraiser. Uh, hopefully, uh, a good friend of the show and uh, Arsenal Vision rep will be joining me in midweek for a good chat about the Arsenal as well, and we'll mention the fundraiser then too. Okay, uh, let's go to the chat box and tackle some of your questions. Uh, Machiavelli says, what would your front three be against Liverpool? It's a really tough question, isn't it? Um, because... Trossard's assisting is on an absolute mad run. Gabriel Jesus scoring two goals back to his best, it seems. And Martinelli looked a threat uh, on that left-hand side. I think you probably take out Trossard for Saka. I think Saka probably comes in. But, I mean, it's great to be able to have uh, Trossard coming off the bench and having him as an option uh, in the second half. That's going to be really important. But, yeah, I think the Saka would come back in and it would be Jesus and Martinelli as the front three. Uh, Matt G says, outside of the top six, what do you think would be the worst ground to go to for an 8pm Monday night game? Uh, outside the top six, that means I can't talk about 
which I can't talk about uh, Newcastle, of course, who currently sit, I still think, in the top six of the Premier League. Let me check the table. Well, it's nice to check the table. Indeed, they are. Um, Liverpool are eighth. That's quite far north. Um, I'm going to be going to Liverpool next Sunday, hopefully, fingers crossed, and that's going to be all right. That's going to be a long day, uh, a long day, and be back very, very late in the evening uh, after that one, and then working the next day as well. Uh, but I'm trying to look anywhere else as a worse Everton as well. You know, Everton. I actually think it is Everton. Everton, I think, is the worst one because the stadium for press is so uncomfortable. Like the actual press box, the the, the seating is so it's it's really crammed. You've got to wait for everyone in your row to get out before you can actually get out. You can't like you do in a normal foot stable where people stand up and you can walk past them. You can't do that. If you want to get out and you're the furthest one along, everyone in the row has to leave the row before you can actually leave the press box. So, yeah, probably Everton, Matt. Probably Everton, mate. And then having to drive back from there after that game because the Liverpool... Uh, the, both Goodison Park and Anfield are a bit of a trek across the city uh, from Liverpool Station. Um, so, yeah, certainly either Liverpool or Everton, um, but I think Everton. So, there you go. Uh, let's go to uh, <laughs> um, Ikwan, uh says, Hey, Tom, how are you able to pronounce my name correctly? Uh, Pure luck. I don't even know if I've done it correctly this time, um, but uh, I may have I may have got it wrong, which would be really ironic, uh, to be fair. But I hope I've given it the best shot I can. Uh, let's go to boom, 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 boom. Uh, Zander says attack is the best form of defence. Just need to go like a jackhammer with that porous Liverpool defence, and it will be interesting to see who our debt Arteta benches of our forwards. Uh, David says, Gary Neville, what's he saying these days? <laughs> yeah, Man United, apparently we're going to finish second uh, and Arsenal finishing third. How fun things are. David Ellum says, Bromley FC won yesterday. Good to see. Of course, Tom Smith formerly was on loan. At, uh, Bromley's now, I think, gone to Chelmsford for the rest of this season, but always good to see uh, Bromley picking up some points. Um, and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. CMX says, uh, will you be stopping by the Bean in Chicago? I don't even know what the Bean is. Um, bean, Chicago. Please don't be something dodgy. <laughs> Cloudgate uh, is a bean-shaped sculpture, uh, apparently, I in Millennium Park. Uh, it looks very strange. Uh, I guess it's something that I'm going to have to visit and have a look at. So, yes, uh, I'm sure I'll have time to see some of the sites and I'll be having a look at the Bean uh, in Chicago. Uh, AFC Tilladai says, with Zinchenko not having a great game, could it be possible to see Tinia Anfield? In short, 
No, uh, I don't think so. I think Zinchenko will absolutely be starting on Sunday. Uh, Rancis says, can we be hopeful that Holding is maintaining slash improving his form because of more regular game time? I had the feeling Holding was more comfortable in yesterday's game than he was against Palace. I absolutely agree. I thought he was more composed. I thought he thought about things a lot more with his passing. He was a lot more, um, I think, resolute in the way he defended as well. Uh, my phone is buzzing like crazy. Um, <laughs> move that over there. Uh, so, yeah, I think Holding is certainly going to be benefiting from playing more regularly in the team. Um, Gunner Dude uh, says, uh, and one of our brand new members, welcome to the family. Uh, good win yesterday, but do you get frustrated with Arteta sometimes with not making the subs sooner? The game was under control, so why not get Smith Rowe on sooner? Yeah, that that is kind of the one criticism I've really got of Arteta this season. Again, is the kind of the in-game changes sometimes that he makes. I'd like to have seen those substitutions made a bit sooner. Of course, We've been burned a little bit in the past by making subs early and then uh, things change very quickly in games, like with injuries or cards. But I think that the the Leeds goal, uh, unfortunately, did change things. Had we have been still 3-0 up going in before the 80th minute, um, maybe things have been slightly different. That said, Christensen did score in the 76th minute, to be fair. And there wasn't a sign of a change being made before that. I feel like we could have made a change maybe on the 70th and given Smith Rowe like 20 minutes. Um but yeah, that's that's annoying. That's annoying. Um, let's go to scrolling down a little bit more. Um, I always find it funny scrolling down the chat box after I've been answering questions that were from like five minutes ago, people reacting to things. I get that people were saying um, outside the big six regarding that stadium, but he said the top six. And the top six right now includes Newcastle. If you're not, if you're talking about the traditional big six, it without a doubt would be Newcastle going all the way up there for an 8pm kickoff on a Monday night would not would not be the way to go. David says, Liverpool were terrible. Okay, let's talk about that game yesterday because I was in uh, the press lounge to watch the entire fixture. Of course, we got some false hope with Mohamed Salah getting that goal to give them a 1-0 lead. But they look so vulnerable in defence. They're playing Chelsea in midweek next. That's a really interesting game because it's a battle of the underperforming teams of the season. Um Arsenal should be emboldened by the fact that not only are they going to a Liverpool team that would have played twice uh, in the space of a week before this fixture, but of course, with the way in which Man City played, Arsenal should be looking to try and get the better of a Liverpool side that have really underperformed during this portion of the season. We already know that we can beat them. We got a really good win against them earlier in the campaign when they were arguably looking a bit better. Luis Diaz could be back for that game and it is the way it goes where a player returns from, from injury and then all of a sudden is thrust back into the lineup when Arsenal come to town. But uh, I think that Arsenal should be encouraged by that game. And uh, yeah, there's an argument as well, as Damien says, that Liverpool uh, were a bit unlucky because Rodri should have got a second yellow card. He did seem to stop. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Cody Gakpo um, from running away when he was already on a yellow card. Arguably could have been given another yellow. Um but wasn't. So maybe that's one that will be looked into on ref watch and then said that the referee's done nothing wrong because they never do. Um, running uh, commando man says, uh, do you think that if we beat Liverpool that we can then beat Manchester city? Of course, I think for me, if we win at Anfield, it's a huge, huge step towards a Premier League title. Um, it would give us great encouragement, great momentum, because of course, after we play, uh, after we play Liverpool, we've then got West Ham and then Southampton. And if you can string together three wins on the back of already winning, I think, what well, our last one, two, three, four, five, uh, six, seven games, 
we can get on a 10-game winning streak going into Man City. Fingers crossed, touch wood. If you can do that, you're in a great place to go to the Etihad. So let's see indeed what we can do. Of course, Man City have still got uh, a run of fixtures. We looked at that Liverpool game as maybe where they would drop points. They now go to Southampton, uh, which is a place they've already actually lost at this season. They lost in the League Cup to Southampton. Um, and their away record's not the best before they then host Leicester in between two games against Bayern Munich in the Champions League. They then have another game in the FA Cup, uh, which has caused another fixture, I believe, Brighton to be postponed. So Arsenal could get two games ahead of them uh, with two more games still to be rescheduled for Man City. It looks very, very difficult regarding their schedule. Um, Ronald says, would Declan Rice cost less than the reported uh, 75 to 80 million if they were to go down? Potentially. Depends on clauses in contracts and, of course, the openness to sell from West Ham side. But there's part of me that hopes that he goes down. But that said, my mother-in-law is a West Ham fan. So... uh... You know, there's, there's some loyalties there, I guess. Um, Ashley says, do you think Arteta will give Saliba the Rashford postponed surgery till the summer uh, and the give injections type of thing? I remember under Ollie and Jose, he needed shoulder surgery, but gave the magical potion option. Uh, I don't know what will happen with Saliba. I, we have obviously heard from Mikel Arteta that they're going to try and push him uh, and they are going to try and push it every single session, every single day and see when he's going to be able to come back. So let's wait and see. Uh, William says, Tom, did you predict a Benny Blanco screamer? And does he deliver only when you don't predict it? I did say he would score. If you go back and watch the preview show, I said Rob Holding would score a screamer. But I did say that Benny White would still manage to get on the score sheet. So, yes, I did indeed predict Ben White to score. Um, always make sure to flood my Twitter feed with tweets whenever Ben White does get on the score sheet. Absolutely. Um, let's go to Zana says, just checked. Liverpool have only conceded nine goals at home. And we have only conceded nine goals away. So it's therefore going to be a draw. If you were offered a draw at Anfield right now, would you take it? Let me know in the chat box. Would you take a draw at Anfield if I offered it to you now? Me? No. I think we can beat them. I think we can beat Liverpool. I think we can get a really good result there. Uh, Amira says, since you're clearly now our good luck charm, uh, you'll be going to all the remaining nine games, right? Please do it for the Gooners, other than when you'll be in Chicago. Of course, I'm missing the Southampton game because I'll be in Chicago. I would have been there. Um, But I'll still be watching it and I'll be uh, filled... And uh, I'll be, well, the, the, the area will be filled with, with other Arsenal fans all pulling together uh, to bring their positivity and the good omens will be there indeed. So, yeah, hopefully I'll be at all the remaining games, fingers crossed, depending on if I can get access to them. But, uh, yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed that that indeed can happen. Uh, Runs with Cal says, oh, that's a nasty question uh, regarding the would you take a draw if I offered it. Temi said that they'd take it. Uh, Xhaka, my captain, says no way. Sandman says no, I wouldn't take it. John says nope. Uh, Rancy says now we can beat them. Uh, Vivian says I want to win. Matt G, though, would take the draw. Uh, Clock Orange says uh, no draw at Anfield. We need to win. Uh, Alex says, yes, I would take uh, a draw if it was offered to me. And uh, William Salibak says, Tom, Chelsea are finally top of the table. In the second half of it. (laughs) Top of the second half of the table. What a hilarious season. There is, uh, I mean, if you want some entertainment, always jump onto Chelsea Twitter. It's a fantastic place to go and enjoy yourself now and again. Um, But the irony of it all, like the amount of stick that they gave to Mikel Arteta and a lot to Arsenal fans, you know, all saying, oh, we hope Mikel Arteta stays at the club. And now they're absolutely battering Graham Potter after they said that they wanted to see a longer-term project. I have a lot of sympathy for Graham Potter. 
I also have a lack of sympathy for those people <laughs> that I remember used to batter me on the channel about saying, no, I would not get rid of Mikel Arteta for Graham Potter. Because a lot of people said at one time that that was what they wanted to see, was Graham Potter replace Mikel Arteta. Um, but I have sympathy for the guy because, again, ridiculous amount of signings that have then got to be gelled in the middle of a season with a brand new manager that came in after the end of the summer transfer window. It just feels to me a little bit, it's it's a little bit strange to be then calling for the guy's head. I think the fact that Julian Nagelsmann is, of course, available may force him out the door. They may end up getting someone like him uh, to be their new coach. Let's see. But as long as Chelsea are failing, I am laughing. Mudrick as well with that miss. Wow. Really, really poor attempt. I can't help but also have a bit of sympathy for him in the sense that if Mudrick had moved to Arsenal, we'll never know really the the full details um, of whether or not, you know, things have gone on to, to force him in the way of Chelsea, even though he probably, and I'm pretty sure, wanted to move to Arsenal. But uh, we'll never know the the reality behind it, most likely. But in regards to in regards to what maybe could have happened if he'd moved to Arsenal, maybe we would be seeing a very different Mihailo Mudrik. Um, but instead, we're seeing him struggle. And uh, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money that they have invested into that player and to other players that are not giving them what they need in those games. Um, let's go to... Chris says, if Chelsea wanted the magic to happen... They should have got Harry Potter instead. <laughs> uh, Zana says, I don't think Chelsea can afford to sack Potter, even with all of their monopoly money. I wonder how much it would actually cost them to get rid of I don't think it really matters to them how much it would eventually cost them to get rid of him. They probably would be able to do it anyway. But they may wait until the end of the season because I just can't see them getting into European spots. I mean, at the moment... Seventh place is Brentford, who have done really, really well. Great game, by the way, yesterday between Brighton and Brentford. A really good kind of European qualification um, battlers that were there. Um, but Brentford sitting on 43 points, one point ahead of Liverpool, who do have a game in hand, of course. Uh, Fulham have really slipped back down the table after a number of really, really poor uh, defeats. Three in a row plus a draw means that they're now down in 10th place on 39 points. Aston Villa climbing above Fulham um, and nearly closing in on Liverpool. One point behind them, of course, overtook Chelsea. Chelsea on 38 points in 11th place. Uh, there's then a bit of a gap. Eight points down to 12th place, Crystal Palace. But if we go up the table, Brentford, as I said, on 43 in 7th place. Brighton on 43 in 6th place. But they have two games in hand uh, on fourth place, Tottenham. And if they were to win those two games in hand, they would then go above Spurs in fourth place. Uh, Newcastle as well, uh, two games down on Tottenham, but they are only two points behind fourth place. Manchester United also two points, uh, two games down, sorry, uh, on the likes of Man City. Three games down on us. We've actually played 29 games, which is the joint highest number of games played. Only one other team, uh, no, Two other teams have played, yes, two other teams have played 29 games. That's Crystal Palace and Wolves. Uh, of course, there will be some games taking place today in the Premier League. Just having a quick check on what those fixtures are, just so we can tell you. Uh, Premier League fixtures, what are they? Come on. Uh, West Ham play Southampton. And Newcastle hosting Manchester United. We probably want Newcastle to win that, don't we? I know it's a horrible thing uh, and it's a horrible choice. But if we could choose between the two, I think we'd all agree that we would rather see Newcastle uh, close the gap on Spurs, keeping them out of the top four. Always the way to go. Um, and let's go to Nyamdi. says, fair points regarding Potter, but what player profile is missing in his squad that would explain such underperformance? I think, again, it's familiarity with the team. I think they lack... 
Um, they lack a striker. Havertz, I just don't particularly rate at Chelsea. I think he's a good player, but not in that system. Um, they need a striker. Uh, and uh, that'll probably be their big, big push for the summer. Interesting to see what happens with Romelu Lukaku coming back to the club as well after his loan spell at Inter uh, and what then happens with him. But uh, they do indeed, I think, lack a striker target. Um, Iquan says, uh, Tom, which game will we play first before City? I like it when we uh, we win first and put the pressure on them. We did that before that and they drew. Uh, the next time we play first before City... Is a great question. Uh, we don't play next. We play, obviously, the Sunday. West Ham, we play on the Sunday as well. I think it's the weekend of the 21st of April when we play Southampton on that Friday. So that will be the next time, I think, when we play first because, yeah, indeed. Oh, that not even then because that's the FA Cup weekend. Man City play against Sheffield United. Um, so it's not then either. I don't think we played before Man City for a very long time. Maybe even not at all. We'll have to wait. But that's a great question um, because they play the FA Cup weekend uh, when we play on the Friday against Southampton. So very tricky to see whenever they're going to fit in those fixtures. Marcus says, what were your player ratings yesterday? Good question. Um, Ramsdale, probably a... um, Probably a six, seven. I mean, there's a there is a slight argument you could do better. I think it's harsh on the goal, but he didn't have to do too much to be honest during the game. So six, seven. Um, Benny White eight had a really good game and obviously scored. Uh, Rob Holding seven. Gabriel, I thought so good on the ball. Gabriel the way which he moves the ball forwards probably give him an eight as well. Uh, Zinchenko probably one of his less influential performances probably go for a six for Zinchenko Partey an eight I thought again continuously bossing the midfield once again an eight for Partey uh, Xhaka again probably an eight Erdegaard seven slash eight seven point five maybe um, Trossard a seven Jesus you'd have to give a nine to getting two goals of course doing fantastically well and Martinelli probably give an eight to two as well Saka coming off the bench didn't do all that much in the game to be fair and the others I think are a little bit too low uh, in terms of minutes to be able to give us what we need Ramsdale kept in the game at nil nil he did obviously made a good save at the start uh, made a couple of decent saves maybe seven is is harsh um, some people are saying eight in the chat box but uh I think seven's probably about right. Um, Mark says, what are your thoughts on Odegaard's or Odegaard's assist? It was great. It was godlike. Godlike assist. It was brilliant. Um, we're going to wrap things up there. Uh, we've gone over our half an hour uh, that I usually do for these shows. And uh, it's good to see so many of you, of course, joining us. Apologies for the slight lateness of the show. Uh, do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications on so you never miss a show. Please drop a like. It really does mean a lot, the support that you show to the channel. I'll be back uh, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. bringing you all the latest Arsenal news, of course, rounding up any of the Premier League action from today. And we'll have the Arsenal Lounge show tomorrow evening at 8 p.m. as well. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate your time. I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. 
Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.